2: Hello and welcome to Psychic Teachers. I'm your host, Deb Bowen. And I'm Samantha Faye. And we're so happy that you are with us this week. It feels like it's been forever since we have done our monthly Q&A. In fact, I don't think we did one in January because that was such a busy, crazy month. But So we have a lot of questions. And we're really excited to be coming to you this week with our question and answer episode. But before we get into the questions that some of you have sent us, Samantha has an oracle card she wants to share with you.
1: So this week, I picked from my basket of cards. This one is called Spirit Song to Row by Paulina Cassidy. And I just shuffled and asked what should we focus on, all of us listeners, this week. And I pulled the five of crystals. The keywords are persistence and new possibilities. This is a really nice deck where I believe she's done all the artwork herself. And so she's changed the suit from the traditional tarot to different ones. And so this suit is the crystals. And it has the picture of a ladybug crawling up a tree surrounded by crystals. And the message of the card says, a guardian of wishes fulfilled. Ladybug delivers luck and protection. She's savvy in illuminating the spirit during times of stress and worry. Laced with the energies of renewal, Ladybug is your guide in designing a path for newfound happiness. Realign yourself with what you need to do in order to move upward and onward, and new opportunities will present themselves. Take time to review what you want in life and believe that you can achieve it. Key words for this card are persistence during challenging times, finding strength, new
2: possibilities,
1: and a turning point.
2: So there you have it.
1: Wonderful. Okay.
2: So, everybody sit back and take a deep breath, and we hope that you learn from and enjoy the questions that have been posed to us over the past few weeks, and I'm going to start with the first one. if that's okay, Samantha? Sure. Okay, great. This person says, I'm an avid listener of your podcast. I have a quick question. Usually, I have really incredible dreams. Not sure if I astral project, but they are amazing dreams. Sometimes they reveal truths about a situation. They even sometimes predict the future. Lately, though, I've picked up a nasty old habit, which is smoking. I do smoke the natural tobacco. I know it's not better, but somehow I feel a tiny bit better about it. Since I have started smoking, my dreams have become less and less. Does tobacco reduce these special abilities? Thank you.
1: I think if you believe that tobacco affects these abilities, then tobacco will affect these abilities. Personally, I think not that we're stronger than this. I think spirits are stronger than that. You know, when I teach the mediumship class, what I'll often do is throughout the weeks is I'll send the students YouTube videos of well-known mediums doing their work, you know, because I think it's important to study and, and see what those who have gone before us have done. And Deb, I can't tell you, there's some old videos on YouTube of some really famous spiritualists in England. And one, I think her name is Maeve Davis. I might be getting that a little wrong. it's something like that and it shows her on back behind stage and she's smoking away getting ready and then she gets on stage and she does the most amazing reading (laughs) cracked me up so anyway i do think that the body is an instrument and we do need to treat it healthily and with respect and love so i'm not saying everyone go out and light one up it's not going to affect the darn thing what i am saying is i think the world of spirit is stronger than than smoke or than all of that however Here's my big caveat to that. I think the reason why her dreams have lessened is not necessarily due to the smoke, although it could be, and I could be 100% wrong, but I think it's the issue in her life that has made her go back to smoking. I know for mm. me personally, whenever I'm really, really stressed out or worried about something, my connection to spirit suffers. And so I get myself back
2: into a state of ease and grace. We get all spun up, and so we need something to release the tension, and smoking does that, and then we get on this, you know, hamster wheel of chaos that takes us away from our connection to spirit, I think, you know. And I will say this, you know, I smoked for many years. I was smoking when I learned to row. I was smoking when I learned to work with Jungian archetypes. I don't know. That's just my story. So there we go.
1: Again, not advocating it, but I just, I don't think it's (laughs) necessarily... I don't think, to me, like, smoking is the effect, but what she needs to look at is the cause, you know? Like, what's making her reach for that? And if she can get to the heart of that, then her connection to spirit and the dreams will kick back up. Okay, (laughs) our next question says, if your podcast showed up in my life when I needed it, provided comfort for me with difficult life events. I wanted to share a story about asking the universe for help, which you are more than welcome to share with your listeners. Perhaps it will provide comfort for someone else. I had a great Pyrenees retriever dog who was my fur baby named Tesla. A few months ago, he passed. I grieved hard for my boy and still do. I listened to your podcast about animals crossing over to hopefully, hopefully believe that he will one day be waiting for me. I was reluctant, pessimistic, and skeptical. So I decided to try what you suggested, surrender and ask the universe for assistance. I was driving my truck for work and talked aloud, asking for numerous things. One was to know my Tesla was okay and happy again. I also threw out, uh, yeah, I'm a little dense, so can you give me a really obvious sign so I'll know for sure? Thank you. The very next morning, I was driving my commute to work, sifting through all the radio stations like I usually do. I landed on one where the DJ spoke, and now the song Signs by Tesla. A huge smile came across my face. I knew it was meant for me. I even verified the song, looking where the car displays the title and band. I think it was a cover version, and I hadn't ever heard of Tesla before. What do you know? Isn't that a great story?
2: (laughs) I'm laughing because I love the story, and I love that sometimes we have to get ourselves in a place where we're willing to be hit over the head with the signs, you know, that we really have to say, all right, we need a really overt sign. I love the way this person communicate it with the universe. I, I just love that. But we forget that it really can be that simple, that if we ask, we'll get it. I just love this. And I
1: love that she said, I'm a little dense, so can you make it an obvious sign? I love that because you have sometimes... You Me have too, to and I've that. done it. <laughs> <So she laughs> I have too. She her story by saying, thank you for all you do for us out here. who truly do not know the impact these stories have. So I wanted to thank her for saying that. But I also wanted to just put that out there as a reminder. We love the stories that you guys send us. So if you have cool stories like that, please share them with us so we can share them with listeners because it's little stories like that. That's just a quick paragraph. And yet I haven't
2: forgot it since I first read it. Ready for the next one? Sure am. Okay. I know you usually talk about a specific crystal at the beginning of each show, which we did. With the new year coming and the chance to move past all of the trauma-drama we've lived this year, what crystal energy should we look to for the courage to break out of ruts we've settled into? Like the Marion Williams quote, Williamson quote says, our playing small doesn't serve the world. What stone might help us remind us or help us to find the courage to step into all the light we are destined for in this new year and in our lives? What a lovely question. That is a lovely question.
1: For those of you who know me, I have a really hard time picking one crystal, so I cannot pick one crystal, but I'm going to throw out a couple of suggestions, and then I'd love to hear what you would have to add to that as well, Deb. A really good stone for New Year's and new beginnings is Amazonite, because Amazonite is the stone of hope, but it also helps you empower yourself with this feeling of, okay, I've been through some stuff. I got through it. I'm strong. I'm going to be even stronger this year. It's got that message of hope through personal empowerment. So I think Amazonite would be a really great choice. If you've had a year with trauma and drama, as she mentioned in her question, I think Malachite would be a great stone to look to as well because Malachite helps you release that, again, with that sense of strength and empowerment. Selenite or Black Kyanite, both of those are excellent for cord cutting. You can get the Selenite wand, Black kyanite actually grows naturally in a wand-type shape. So either of those stones would be really great if you're trying to cut cords to aspects of 2018 that you do not want to follow you into 2019. And if you're not sure how to do that, on the last episode of December, I posted a meditation I did for everyone to help us cut cords. And so if you just listen to that, it'll teach you how to visualize and intend for that. Phantom quartz, I think, is also a good idea. Phantom quartz is that clear quartz that has a little phantom or shadow of itself growing inside of it. And that's a great stone to look to when you're trying to get in touch with deeper, hidden aspects of yourself that you're ready to face and heal and relieve. And finally, Botswana agate, which is often called the crystals antidepressant stone, helps us to get over sadness, helps us to face many addictions we're trying to let go of and helps us to embrace through the circular spiraling bands that make up that stone, help us get in touch with our deeper inner self.
2: Do you want to add to that? I do. I have two I want to add. Ametrine, because I think that's a great stone of finding balance in our lives. It's a combination of citrine and amethyst. So it balances the crown chakra and the solar plexus chakra and it also helps with thought and spirit and inspiration and being connected to her. It's all, I don't know why. It has been for some years now, the stone with which I meditate on New Year's Eve. I love the piece of amatrine I have. And then the other piece that I would recommend after perhaps you have worked with some of the stones, particularly the ones that Samantha has suggested, is that you then work with a piece of clear quartz, to help amplify and solidify the changes that you're making for this year because that's what Clear does. Excellent. Those are my suggestions. Okay, happy shopping.
1: (laughs) Let's take a quick break, and then we'll get into the rest of our questions. So this week we are sponsored by Blinkist, and I'm really excited, and I've already gotten some good feedback from some of you guys who have tried it yourselves. Blinkist is a new app that helps you read books in a really short amount of time. So if you're like me and you have this huge stack of books that's always just kind of staring at you saying, read me, read me, and you feel a little overwhelmed looking at that stack of books thinking, how am I going to get through all of these? Or if you're also like me and have a wish list about a mile long on Amazon, I want you to take a book at Blinkist because I think you'll really enjoy what they have to offer. What they do is they take the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information, from thousands of nonfiction books, and they condense them down into just 15 minutes. Now, you can read this 15 minutes condensed version, and many of their thousands of books they have on there you can also listen to, which is perfect for podcast listeners. Blinkist is meant for busy people like me and you who want to get the main points of books quickly without always reading the entire book. Now, what's nice about this is that you can get just the gist of the book and decide, do I really want to read the full and abridged version or is this perfect 15 minutes that Blinkist gives me enough? Many of their books, as I said, come with an audio option so you can listen as well on your daily walks, or your commute to work or while cleaning the house. This week, I used Blinkist to read Napoleon Hill's The Golden Rules. And if you guys haven't read Napoleon Hill, I really think you should. He's one of the forefathers of manifestation and creative visualization. All of his books are just really easy to read, but has nuggets of truth that we all need to remember. So you can read a 15-minute synopsis of his book, The Golden Rules, on Blinkist. And right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash teachers to start your free seven-day trial. That's blinkist, blinkist. dot com slash teachers to start your free seven day trial and see if you like
2: it. Wonderful. Have you got some things coming up that you need to tell folks about for February, Samantha?
1: Sure. Well, this week I am going to be starting my Mediumship One Hundred One webinar. It runs four nights in February, starting February sixth. From 7 to 8.30 p.m., already pretty filled up, so we might have to cap it soon. But if you're thinking about jumping on board, you need to do that today or tomorrow. Very excited to start teaching this, partnering up people, and introducing everyone to the world of mediumship. If you've already taken the Mediumship 101 class, we are teaching an advanced mediumship webinar starting March 8th. You can take that one during the daytime from 12 to 1.30 p.m., And if you want the evening option for the Advanced Mediumship, that starts April 4th, again, 7 to 8.30 p.m. And all
2: of that information can be found on my website, samanthafay.com. Wonderful. And I, too, have a course starting this week uh, on Thursday night on the 7th of February. It's my Advanced Tarot course. It's called Deeper Mysteries of Tarot. And so that course is open to anyone who has taken my intro course, which I have also called Unlocking the Mysteries of Tarot, three sessions, three intense sessions with homework. So love to have you join me for that. That February, I know, is filling up like crazy. You can find both of those information on both of those on my website, debbowen.com. I had such an overwhelming response in January to my book club that my February book club is already almost filled. And it's free. It's February twenty first. We're talking about Testimony of Light by Helen Greaves, but you do need to email me and register for that. You can email me at debbowenandfriends, and It's all one thing at gmail.com. debbowenandfriends and Friends at gmail dot com. And would love to have you join me for that. And then in March, mark your calendars for this. I am doing a croning ceremony that's a face-to-face, come meet me, come see what what I'm all about, and let's get together with a group of like-minded folks who are wise and honor ourselves. And that's also on my website, debbowen.com. Perfect. Okay.
1: Are we ready to jump back into our questions?
2: I believe we are. Okay.
1: Okay. This next one says, hey, ladies, I have recently bought my first pendulum. It's a rose quartz angel on top of a clear quartz point. I figured the nurturing energy of rose quartz, plus it being amplified with clear quartz, would be a good choice. From the moment I did my first reading, my answers have been strong, and I feel very connected to it. I can feel the energy coming from my palms as I hold it and ask a question. I asked my pendulum if this information is coming from my spirit guide, and it said yes. I also asked if it's coming from my clairsentience, and it said yes. I tried to search for information about links between clairsentience and pendulums and cannot find anything. So I thought I'd turn to my two favorite ladies to see if you had any thoughts on that. Well, that's a great question. Well, their sentience is where you're clearly sensing something, so you're, you're feeling it. You know, it's interesting the way pendulums work. I think I've already shared on the show, I don't like to use pendulums for intuitive work because it just doesn't resonate for me, and that's fine. We all have to find whatever tool works for us. I do love to use pendulums for chakra healing work. And I remember I was showing it to someone how this works, how you can use the pendulum to help see which chakras are blocked. And I remember my friend said, well, you're just moving your hand. And I said, okay, well, why don't you try it? And then when my friend tried it, he was like, oh, my gosh, this actually is moving. So then, being the skeptical person that he was, he decided to tie, like he literally took a thumbtack, put it in the wall, and tied the pendulum, like hooked it onto the thumbtack to see if it would move. And of course, it didn't move. And I said, it's not that, it's not that you and I are moving this pendulum like on purpose, like, oh, look, it's moving left to right. It's that the pendulum is picking up the energy that is moving from spirit through us, out our palms. That's why she could feel it working through her palms. Now, if her guides are telling us that it's connecting to her clairsentience, well, that's where you are sensing things, which means you're feeling it. A lot of people, I don't know, they, they're not... they so thrilled when they hear that their strongest ability is clairsentience. Everyone wants to be clairvoyant. I am telling you clairsentience is the best clair you can have because your feelings will never fail you. And so the fact that she's using this pendulum and she's connecting it to her clairsentience means that that's her strongest clair. And so she can continue using the pendulum to help strengthen that clair. But hopefully, and maybe not hopefully, but at one point she will realize she doesn't even need the pendulum, that she can just rely on that clairsentience. She can just rely on the feelings that she is getting. So the pendulum is helping to strengthen and activate an ability that is already within her. It's just kind of activating and awakening it. It's like I always say, we all have abs in our stomach. We just have to activate and awaken them by doing planks and sit-ups. So her use of the pendulum is like
2: a plank. It's strengthening that ability that she already has. All right. Thank you. I'll read the next one. Hi, Deb and Samantha. I feel so empowered by you both. You two are the reason why I've continued to strongly pursue what I feel is truth rather than being told I'm too emotionally sensitive or that my knowing things is nonsense. I grew up Catholic my parents are very devout to a degree that it seems they use their beliefs as a judgmental tool against others, which is heartbreaking to me. For this reason, while growing up, I created a bubble around myself to ignore my higher self and gut feelings. I know now that they helped me in their own way to wake me up. So I'm thankful for my upbringing. I feel slash know that I chose this life to overcome the obstacle of complacency to enlighten myself. I came across the Audible book, Jesus and the Essenes by Dolores Cannon, and am feeling so much of it as truth. Have you listened to it? Would you consider talking about this in a podcast episode? If so, I'm curious specifically about your thoughts and what you both intuitively feel about it.
1: I have not listened to that book. It is on Audible. I did look at it. I haven't listened to it yet. I am familiar with Delores Cannon's work. If you guys are not, she is trained, or was, she has passed on now, but she was trained as a hypnotherapist. And kind of like Dr. Brian Weiss, when she was regressing clients, she got a lot of information from these clients about people's past lives. She has a whole book that was channeled about Nostradamus. And so Jesus and the Essenes, is a book that I believe is about channeled information that came through about the real life of Jesus. But I have not listened to it. I do like Dolores Cannon's work a lot, though. I think that she has a lot to say. You can listen to a lot of her lectures on YouTube if you want to check her out in little 10-minute clips. But I think also what she's saying in here... Dolores Cannon's work and what she says about Jesus is a little different from what we learn in the Bible. And I think if you're raised in a strong Christian family, whether it's Catholic or Protestant, it can be difficult to read alternate views of Jesus. I know even when I read Dan Brown's book, Deb, I felt like I was going to be a heretic in some way, you know, because those, those feelings are ingrained in us. And when we even just read books that are different, like I remember reading that book and going, oh my gosh, was Jesus really married to Mary Magdalene? It just freaked me out to even think that at the time. And it felt kind of, I don't know, like a betrayal. So I'm wondering if that's what she's getting at as well. I love where she says, you know, I believe I chose this life to overcome the obstacle of complacency. I think that's such a beautifully written sentence because in many ways, Isn't it easier, Deb, to be complacent and to just accept what you were raised to believe? Sometimes it feels harder to go out and research what other people have researched and learned and explored and shared. That can be harder because it challenges us. It asks us to wake up. It asks us to go through that process of, pulling off these beliefs that have been wrapped around us and have comforted us. You know, it's comforting to just lean into what you were told to believe. But when we take that blanket of complacency off and stand up, then we can truly stand in the light, not only of truth, but our own truth.
0: Lovely.
2: Absolutely agree with you. I just want to add a couple of things to, to what you said. Dolores Cannon's work is indeed amazing. And she was an amazing teacher, our lovely friend Dale Ruttman, who has been a guest on this podcast and who is one of my co-hosts on Deb and Friends Quest for Connection, studied under Dolores as a hypnotherapist and a past life regressionist. I agree with Samantha. I really urge you to take a look at, at Dolores' work. Also, if you have listened to back episodes of this podcast, You have heard me talk about the information that I receive from an entity who presents as Mary Magdalene, and she, and I've talked about her on this podcast and, and on my other podcast as well, and she talks about that relationship with Jesus and the difference with how we see Jesus having grown up in a particular Christian denomination and what his life might have really been like in the days that he was physically on earth, and his work with the Essenes. For example, there's some indication that um, John the Baptist, his cousin, was an Essene, and that that's where a lot of his training came from in the ministry that he eventually did for those three years. So it's a fascinating study, and if you're willing to step out of that complacency place that I agree she talked so beautifully about, and just just entertain the notion of looking at, at those beliefs and, and circumstances in a different way. It can be enlightening and fun. I agree.
1: You know, I recently read that there is a whole religion that actually praised John the Baptist and they believe John the Baptist is the Messiah because he's the one who baptized Jesus. Oh interesting. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I hadn't either, and it was just a little blip in a book with no more information than that, but I thought it was really interesting. Okay. (laughs) Our next question says, Dear Deb and Samantha, I love listening to your podcast. I'm opening up to this beautiful new world of intuition and experiences, and your show has really taught me valuable lessons throughout the process. The past couple of months, I have been seeing hawks all around me. When I'm in the car, they will fly over me or perch next to me on a branch or light post along the road and stare. I usually have these experiences six to ten times a day. I feel like this is a sign. Whenever this happens, I get goosebumps, and I just smile and nod my head as if saying, yes, I'm not sure why I do that, and I'm filled with peace and love. Thank you for helping your community with everything that you both do. Well, I want you to talk about Hawk in a minute, but if I could just share a quick story, okay? I think sometimes we have to look at what is a sign and what is not a sign. So the fact that she gets bumps and has this emotional response and smiles and nods, to me that's an indication that it's a sign. But sometimes a sign is not a sign. So I want to give two quick examples. You know I walk most every day with my friend. And years ago when I was getting into this whole world of metaphysics and spirituality – we would see a hawk every day on our walk and I thought that hawk was just for me and that it was a sign and it was just coincidence that my friend happened to see it too. And I thought, How amazing that this hawk follows us on our walk every single time And then one day she and I decided to follow the hawk and see where it was going. And we found, perched up and near where we were walking, the hawk's nest. And I remember thinking, Okay, is this a sign or am I just walking past this hawk's house every day? <laughs> you know. <laughs>
2: And the answer is yes.
1: (laughs) So then a little while later, I saw a grasshopper. I woke up one morning and there was a grasshopper, big green grasshopper on the wall in the hallway outside my bedroom. And I was like, holy cow. And so I got a glass and I put it over the little grasshopper and cupped my hand under it and took him outside. Then I get the kids rounded up, we get in the car, we're going down this very quiet side road, and I stopped at the stop sign, and a grasshopper landed on the windshield of my car. I got out, and I actually, I took a picture of it on my windshield, because I thought, that's weird. Then... I get home from a really long day, I've been gone several hours, and I come inside, making dinner, I've got TV on, there's a news story about grasshoppers. I'm like, okay. Then I get in the car to pick up my friend to go somewhere, and as I pull into her driveway, there's a grasshopper there. To me, that's a sign, because those are all unusual instances in one day of seeing this grasshopper. So sometimes you have to look at, is this a sign, or is this just me walking past a habitat? I think you have to pay attention to the circumstances and also to your emotions.
2: I absolutely agree with you, and I think there's a third possibility. I think there's a a middle ground. For example, absolutely, there you were walking past the hawk's house, and it wasn't assigned specifically to you. But it may have been a reminder to you
0: Mm -hmm. because
2: hawks are about connection to spirit. So even though it might not have been specifically hello, Samantha, I have a message to you from spirit. It might have been, hello, Samantha, are you paying attention to spirit? We, we just, we're hanging out. You know, so it may have been in between somewhere. Whereas the grasshopper may have been a specific message that grasshopper alone can bring you. The hawk and you being in its environment might have been just a reminder, kind of a, a nudge rather than a specific message. You know, for example, we hear all the time, one of the common things that we hear is cardinals are messages from our loved ones on the other side. And I think that's probably true. Well, where I live, there are cardinals everywhere. And it may not mean that every single cardinal I see is specifically a message to me from a loved one. It may be I passed a cardinal I did yesterday. I was so excited on on a branch. Here was this bright red cardinal, but it was in somebody else's yard. So maybe that cardinal wasn't for me. It might have been for them. Definitely.
1: And I think, too, sometimes even within that, like you're saying, it's just a reminder. I have mom and dad cardinal that have set up a nest right in my yard. And they are so funny, Deb, because when I forget to fill up that bird feeder, they will all just sit there and chirp away like, hello, we're hungry here. So do you (laughs) like it? Every time I see either the mom or dad cardinal eating at the bird feeder, is the mother-in-law saying hello from heaven? No. But every time I do see that cardinal, I think about her and I send out a little hello. And so you're right. That's a great
2: point. They can also be reminders.
1: Right. Do you want to
2: read the next one? I do. Dear psychic teachers, thank you both for all that you have added to my life. I can't thank you enough for everything I've learned from you. I've been hearing you in my ears for the past three years, and I have loved this journey incredibly. Recently, I was listening to an old show about being in the present where you talked about receiving signs from past loved ones. A friend came to mind who was a Black Lives Matter activist who was shot almost a year ago. I have never asked for a sign from him, but he is a very close soul sibling of mine, and I miss dearly. I thought I hope that I can see a sign from him as I listen to you all. I didn't think of a specific sign, but the next night I dreamed he was flying in the sky and watching over all that I was doing. I felt so connected to have this dream about him and validated that he was still connected to me. Thank you for sharing that information. Thank you for making all of this incredible spiritual work so tangible. Much love to you always. Oh, thank you. That's beautiful. Yay, how wonderful. I love that phrase, soul sibling. I do too.
1: And this is a great reminder that our loved ones really are just a thought away because she says, I simply thought, I hope I can see a sign from him. That's how the world or the language of spirit works. You know, we are all consciousness and we are all connected. Quantum physics, as we've said on this show many times, has done phenomenal work to prove that we are all connected. And so when you think a thought, it's like if you picture us all as a big web on this universe and universes when we think of someone it's like tugging on that web that vibration goes across that entire web to that person you're thinking about whether they are alive here or transition to the other side and always I always like to remind people think about if it was you on the other side and you're just on the other side doing what you do minding your own business and then you feel a little tug in your solar plexus maybe, or in your throat chakra and you hear a thought, you might hear that a good friend of yours who you love dearly is thinking about you, well, wouldn't you want to share with them that you're thinking about them too? So whenever we ask for a sign, they will do what they can to get that sign to you. And sometimes it's hard for them. Sometimes they don't know how to do it. Sometimes they haven't learned how to work with their energy to get that sign to you, but they will in some way, shape, or form. That's why I always say, if anyone is listening to this going, well, I lost my dad or I lost my brother and I've been asking for a sign and I haven't heard it. That happens. A, that does not mean they're not okay. B, it does not mean they don't care about you and they're like, well, sorry, I don't have time. What it does mean is that there's an issue with making that connection. So what you should add is, I need to know that you're okay. I need to hear from you. If you can't get a sign to me, either through nature or music or dreams or a penny from heaven, then give a sign to someone connected to us. Because sometimes your energy, for whatever reason, you might be dealing with grief or stress or you might be too tired, your energy might not be able to receive that sign. But if you give your loved one permission to give that sign to someone else who's willing and able and ready to receive that sign and then pass it on to you, you have a greater chance of getting
2: that connection. I agree with everything you've just said. And sometimes they're busy, folks. They have stuff to do on the other side. And they're just not, as my grandma would say, studying on you. And here's an example of that. Samantha, you will remember this story because you and I have talked about it a zillion times. I had a lovely, lovely friend who died quite young, leaving behind a 10-year-old child. And I just really felt that I would hear from her. We'd been really good friends. We'd had many metaphysical conversations. I thought, surely, she would be in touch. And she wasn't. And my feelings were kind of hurt. And I wondered. I mean, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. And when I was telling Samantha this story, Samantha looked at me and laughed and said, she is too busy paying attention to what her child is doing on the other side to be thinking about you. Now, Samantha didn't say it that way, but that's the gist of it. And I went, oh, yeah, hello. Why would she want to be in touch with me when she's watching over her child? She may have something. They may be doing some other things that you don't know about. You know, Joel and I
1: were just talking the other night about this whole phenomenon of spirit connecting people, and we were sharing stories about how frustrating it is when we don't receive the sign, but how frustrating it is for the spirit when they can't give the sign. And he was talking about how one night he went to a circle where a medium was sharing messages. And when he came home, his phone kept ringing. And every time he would answer it, it was just static. And he said, I really think someone in that circle was trying to pass on a message and there wasn't time for her to give it. And because I was opening up at that time, it it may have like followed me home. And it reminded me of a story that I may have shared earlier on in the show. So I apologize if I'm repeating it. But my family and I, we had traveled out of town for a really quick weekend getaway. And we had toured this little historical village all day. and, And afterwards, we went to a restaurant for dinner. And I'm sitting there at the restaurant. And being a medium is the farthest thing from my mind. I'm on vacation. I'm with my kids. And as the waitress was coming up and delivering our food and taking our order, I knew her dad was around her, but I didn't have a message. That happens to me a lot where I'll sense someone is around you, but until I get your permission, it's like I can't hear what he's trying to say. So I said to Mike, there's a woman, this woman who's waiting on us. Her dad is all around her and he wants to pass on a sign. What do I do? And my kids go, mom stop this is so embarrassing oh my god dad please help her stop (laughs) so mike said okay i'll take the kids to the car so they're not mortified and pass on your sign when you get the check great so he takes them to the car meanwhile the restaurant has gotten packed so someone else comes and clears our place and then someone else a third person comes and says is there anything else i can get you and i said no just a check so i'm thinking about what I'm going to say to this lady. I'm thinking about the fact that it's packed and she's running her tail around this restaurant. I'm thinking that I don't even know what this dad needs to say to her. And I'm thinking about what I'm always preaching and teaching on this show and in classes, which is don't do drive-by readings. So I said to my guide, okay, if I'm supposed to pass this message on to her, have her bring me the bill. If I'm not supposed to pass on the message, have someone else bring me the bill. So sure enough, somebody else brought me the bill. And I said, okay, I'm going to honor that. Paid the bill, got in the car, went back to the hotel. Didn't think much of it. Get the kids settled down. I climb into bed. The phone rings. I pick it up. It's static. And I turned to Mike and I said, he followed me here. And he was like, it's a hotel. Somebody rang the wrong room. Calm down and go to bed. I said, all right. I pull the covers up. And I could still feel that man in the room, and he was pissed that I did not pass on that message. I kind of lay there, and I was just kind of saying, like, dear God, protect me. And then the shower curtain in the bathroom fell down. Just, boom, a huge crash. And I sat up, and I turned to Mike, and he goes, tell that guy to leave. <laughs> so sometimes they're trying to pass on messages really hard, and for whatever reason, maybe it's a medium on vacation, who knows. They're not able to, and it's frustrating for them as well. So my long story short is to say keep trying because they want to communicate with you as much as you
2: want to communicate with them. (laughs) Okay, read us the next one.
1: (laughs) Okay. Hi, Deb and Samantha. I hope this finds you both well. I love your podcast and have been listening so long that I feel like I know you. Well, thank you for that. I just had to share this photo with you. It's a picture taken from my little iPhone 5 of my son's video baby monitor. He is six, and the only reason I plugged it back in is that he was scared and said it would make him feel better if I had it on and could keep an eye on him during the night. Well, you can see in the picture mostly just his hair right up front. There's also what appears to be a little girl or angel lying next to him in bed. I just glanced up and saw this on the monitor. I was shocked. I looked closely, almost waiting for her to move. I took a few quick pictures and ran into his little room as if I was going to find someone. I knew he was alone in his bed. He does not like stuffed animals or have any in his room. We are a house of boys. I can assure you we do not own a doll. I can also assure you that I do not know how to Photoshop in order to create this. I'm absolutely mind-blown by this and would so love to know who you think this little angel is. Any input would be a blessing. Well, isn't that cool? What do you think, that It's ben? cool.
2: I think it was a guardian angel. I mean, that's the short answer. It
1: was um, a, like a like a sister, like a sister who was going to come, or had been a sister to him in another lifetime, and had just chosen to be like a guardian angel through
2: this life.
1: I just kept getting that sister energy.
2: Could have been. I don't know. Do you believe that humans like that can be angels?
1: Well, not angels in the way you know that they are angels, but angels okay, in I the want way to clarify that. They that. Can, I hear that in readings a lot, that sometimes people who have incarnated a lot together, sometimes one will choose to stay on the other side as a guide,
2: and they'll kind of take turns. I don't doubt this woman's story in the least, or or doubt that in fact there was some kind of protector spirit there with her child. So thank you for that. Okay. Hello, ladies. I just wanted you to know that I enjoy listening to your podcast so much. I feel so warm and safe, and it puts my soul at ease whenever I listen. Last year, I decided to set up an appointment with a psychic medium in my area. I had recently lost my father and found out I was going to have a baby around the date that he had passed away. I did my research and the psychic I met was known for his amazing abilities and I knew that it would help me on my spiritual journey. Upon meeting him, his office was adorned in beautiful crystals and he began with prayer. Everything was great. He connected with my father and told me lots of details that only I would know. Most of our meeting discussed my career path. I was so excited to learn that my side business was going to take off, and I would get guidance from a person later this year that would allow me to be creative in my business, and another person would be a business mentor. By October, I would be deciding whether or not to leave my day job to pursue my career. Being pregnant, I was afraid I wouldn't be able to do my side hustle anymore. Well, I gave birth in March, and since then, I have not had any major leads like he indicated. I was contacted to be on the news, and after it aired, I received a message to meet with a person who wanted to pick my brain. I kept trying to contact her and never heard back. Everything just sort of sizzled. Besides that, I haven't had any success. Is it possible that I've messed up my career path? I don't have a lot of free time these days with the baby to amp up my business. Is it possible that I misinterpreted the leads that would have changed my life and missed an opportunity? Or maybe the dates are wrong. I really don't want to beat myself up about this, but I always feel like I messed something up. I would appreciate your thoughts so much. I just wanted to make sure I'm on the right path and that the connection with my dad was genuine.
1: Okay. I really like this question, and I have a lot to say about it because it's something I deal with in my work as well. I don't think that spirits on the other side have a concrete sense of time anymore in the way that we do. Right. And so often when I'm doing a reading and I hear something like, you know, oh, you're going to meet someone in March or April, I'll hear back from that person in May, and they'll say, I didn't meet anyone in March and April. And I'll think, oh, crap, I was wrong. And for a long time, I did think I was wrong. But then lovely people were taking time to email me, and they would say, I met someone in March or April of the next year. Don't you get that a lot too, Deb?
2: I do. Time is just different on the other side.
1: I don't think it's that she messed up anything. I don't think it's that this medium was wrong or that her dad was wrong. I do think the connection was genuine. I think sometimes it's a lot of different things. It could just be that the medium interpreted the time incorrectly, so not March or April of 2018, but maybe 2020. Or it could be I know. I've had dreams where I'm sitting at that conference table with my guides and we are changing the timeline of my soul plan. I've had dreams where I remember that, where okay. it's like a like a blueprint and they'll say, okay, well, we just have to move this to here because this is taking up too much time and energy and stress right now. And so I wonder if having the baby, you know, was just a lot to deal with and her She and her guides in the astral dream state decided to kind of postpone this side business success until it was better timing.
2: Yeah, and you know, we I think that the cosmic blueprint changes, as we call it, the the soul plan changes. I think life happens and things here on Earth move things around. But you know, this is not a precise science, this connecting with, with time and energy across the veil. It's just not be patient with yourself, be, you know, spend some time taking care of your child and trusting. And here's the bottom line for me, is that when, particularly when things shift from what we think we've heard or are led to believe in some way from somebody else or from an internal wisdom of our own and things shift from that, trust that there's a reason for that and that universal timing works the way it is exactly supposed to work.
1: Yes, and it's so hard because what you're really doing is translating and by you, I mean the medium. You're translating language. I remember years ago, I did a reading for an old high school friend and her dad came through and my friend at the time was looking for a job. She had just gotten laid off. And her dad showed me her getting a job with a charity, a charity type of company. And I didn't get the name of the company. I just knew it was a charity type company. And I said, a woman whose name is... AM, like Amanda, is going to hire you. So she texted me a couple of weeks later and said, you know, I have an interview with this, I think it was Nike or New Balance company, and she said, not really a charity, is it? And I said, no, but go for it. You know, maybe I, maybe I I heard your dad wrong. So she ended up getting hired with this company, and her job is she's in charge of all the fundraising for this shoe company. And the woman who hired her is Amy. So I got the Hmm. AM. I interpreted it as Amanda. I saw her being hired in in a big city working for a charity. She's working in a very big city, and she's the charity fundraising coordinator for a shoe company, and the boss is Amy. So sometimes mediums, we get the right messages, but we interpret them differently. Right. So it's all about like a big game of charades and putting the puzzle pieces together. But again, going back to Sentience and feeling, you have to go by how you feel. And if you left that medium feeling that you made a connection with your dad, I mean, she mentions that he said things in that reading that nobody else knew. I think that's a genuine connection. And then you have to realize that all of that information has to filter through our rigid time structure and and medium's skills with language and receiving the messages and then relaying them.
2: Good point. We're almost out
1: of time, Samantha. Why
2: don't you tell us about Audible?
1: Okay, great. We are also sponsored this week by Audible. If you go to audibletrial.com slash teachers, you can try Audible free for one month. One thing I love that's new with Audible is in addition to your free credit each month for a book with your membership, you also get two original Audible books that you can listen to each month. So instead of getting one book free, it's really like getting three books free each month. And the Audible originals are really great and they're read by actors. I'm really enjoying that. This week, I am recommending The Clairvoyant Countess. I thought it would be fun to recommend some fiction books for always doing nonfiction. The Clairvoyant Countess is by Dorothy Gilman, and it says that this is the author from the Mrs. Polifax series, which is a pretty well-known murder mystery series. This series is about a genuine countess named Marina Elena Proficinex, and she is a foremost psychic. When one of her clients turns up dead, Madam Karitska makes the acquaintance of Detective Lieutenant Pruden and an uncanny partnership is born. Madam Karitska forms images with the psychic vibrations she picks up from personal objects and helps solve the murders. So you can try that by going to audibletrial.com slash teachers. We thank you so much for listening, for supporting our sponsors for sharing your wonderful stories and questions. If you have a story or question that you would like to share, you can send it to PsychicTeachers at Gmail, or you can message us on Facebook at PsychicTeachers. And we wanted to mention that Psychic Teachers has moved to a new platform. We can now be heard on Spotify. We are still on iTunes. However, with this new move to a new listening format, iTunes is having some issues with the pausing feature, We are working diligently to fix this, so please bear with us until we can figure out how to fix this little glitch. We thank you so much for your feedback because it helps us isolate the issue and the people at our new platform are working to fix it. Everybody have a great (laughs) week and don't forget to be the light for yourself and others. Take care,
0: everyone.